It's good to see everybody here. Okay, uh, we are going to be in some different places, but main, the main story that we're going to be talking about, the main thing is, is about uh, a person in the Gospels that had a really bad problem, and uh, it's in Luke chapter 5, but I'm gonna, it's in three different Gospels, and I'm going to be, I'm going to read a psalm first. And this psalm is going to set this story up. Now this person that I'm talking about, he's known as being a leper. A leper. He had leprosy. Now leprosy was a horrible disease that the Bible talks about quite, quite often. And do you have any idea how many times the word leprosy is in the Bible. It's 39 times. Then, then you can say that that person has a leprous condition, like a leprous hand or a leprous forehead, and leprous is in the Bible six times. Now remember the number six has very significant meaning in the Bible. And then when you talk about uh, lepers, like you know the story of the ten lepers, so that's just the plural of leper, that's also in the Bible six times. Now leprosy is the main word that we would use when we're talking about the situation. So 39 times, there was another uh, word in the Bible that we were talking about, and I think it was just in one book of the Bible, that happened to be 39 times, and <clears throat> 39 is 3 times 13, 13 being the number of rebellion and apostasy. And the number 3, we've talked about recently, of being very significant when it takes the perfectness of God, that number 3, to take care of the apostasy and rebellion. So 3 times 13 would be 39. I don't know if that's why it's that way, have no idea really. I just think that might be significant. Now, in Psalm 51, I'm going to read this. If you had leprosy, you would be in desperate need of a miracle because no one could heal you of that as far as going to a doctor and saying, hey, I got these symptoms, and they would go, uh, you need to go over there, and they would run from you back in this time, in Israel. Having leprosy was a horrible thing to happen to you, okay? Very serious. You would be separated from your family and everybody else. It's one of the, one of the things that you have to uh, deal with. So just have that on your mind, this need for cleansing, as I read 51, Psalm 51. Also think about leprosy as being a type and picture of sin. Are we infected by sin, and do we have a condition like leprosy that we can't get rid of, and we need a miracle to take care of it? Verse 1 of Psalm 51. 
Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Transgressions, iniquity, and sin. Notice that. Three, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. You ever done something that you're really guilty about, and then you, as you go through life, you see things that remind you of that? You know, this psalm is written by David, and I believe it was written right after the prophet Nathan had, had convicted David of his sin. David had, had taken Bathsheba, it was Uriah's wife, and he saw her, he wanted her, he sent for her, and she was brought to him, and he committed adultery with her. She ends up pregnant, and y'all know the story. Most of y'all know the story extremely well. And he just let it go. Remember what he did to have Uriah taken out in battle. So he had murder, he had adultery, all inside of him and in his mind, and he just kind of let it go. And then Nathan finally came to him, and, and Nathan told, said, David, we got a problem. There's this rich man who has all of these sheep. He's got so many sheep. And there's this family over here, this poor family. They have one little lamb, and it's, and it's like their pet lamb. And that lamb even, even comes to their table, and they feed it from the table. And it's so precious, precious to them. But the rich man who had all kinds of lamb had somebody coming to see him. And he went and took that one lamb from that family and killed it and fixed it for the guest. And David, be, growing up as a shepherd, taking care of all those little lambs his whole life, he was outraged that somebody would do something like that. And he said, that man must die. And Nathan looked at him square in the face and said, you are the man. And then David wrote this. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Everywhere David looked, he saw his servants who knew all about his past. Whenever he looked at his new wife Bathsheba, he saw Uriah being murdered. When that little baby was born, he would remember that little baby dying, all because of the sin that he committed. He was infected with sin, and it was going to take him to hell forever if it wasn't dealt with. Against thee, he's talking to God. This is a prayer to God. This is a psalm for God. He says, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He knows that he needs to be judged for this and that God would be held, um, there would be nothing on God. God would have done exactly what he needed to do. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Reminds, Reminds me of a hymn we sang last week. Now, what good does hyssop do? I mean, how could hyssop clean you and wash you? It wasn't the hyssop, it was the hyssop that was used. Remember, they took the hyssop and painted the doorpost with the blood of the lamb. Now that hyssop was all, it would be like a paintbrush to us or a scrub brush. So they would use hyssop to uh, apply the blood when they, when, they, uh, when they went in to do the sacrifices in the temple. They would take hyssop and do the sprinkling of the blood. And, and also to apply the water for cleansing. Like we would take a brush to clean something with water. That, so when you see that as a figurative of way to say uh, the, the hyssop wasn't actually doing the cleaning, it's what the hyssop applied is what did the cleaning, and it's either the blood of Jesus that's going to cleanse you of your sin or the water. Actually, the, 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 the blood cleans you and the water washes you. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach what will happen? If, if, if God does all that for him, what will he do in return? Then I will teach transgressors thy ways. Now that's in the hearts of some of the people that are here, right? That they want to go out and teach transgressors, transgressors the, God's ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. We've heard that today. Tongue singing aloud about the righteousness of God. O Lord, open thou thy, my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it, Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. I'm going to stop reading there. Okay. Now let's go to the story of the leper. Turn to... You can be in... Uh, I'm, going to be, I'm going to read it real quick because it's real short. I'm going to read it in Matthew, and then I'm going to read it in... Uh, Mark, and then I'm going to read it in Luke. And again, just a few verses per place. But they're all about the same thing, but they got a couple different words that we need to see. So in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, you can just write it down or just listen. You don't have to turn to these places. Uh, it says, when he was come down... All right, so now we're in the Gospels. So we're talking about Jesus here. Now, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, 
and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. Notice that this person was a leper, and he had heard about Jesus, and he's thinking Jesus is his only hope, and he not only has just heard about Jesus, but he has heard that Jesus is the Son of God because he came to Jesus and not only just bowed down, but he worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And I'm, I'm trying not to get into the details until we get to Luke. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man. Now that's, that's funny. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Okay, now over in Mark. In Mark, it's in uh, first chapter, verses 40 through 45. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, again, try not to get into the details, and until later, and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou will, thou can make me clean. Notice that. If thou will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Very important. You didn't see that over in Matthew, but here in Mark. Jesus moved with compassion and put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for the cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much. I mean, you would be pretty excited if you had leprosy and Jesus just healed you. Now, he told you not to tell anybody, but as soon as you got to the first person, you're going to be so thrilled. You're going to say, you'll never believe what happened. Jesus just healed me of leprosy. Everybody you see, you're going to be wanting to tell them. So he published it much, and to, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without, he was outside of the city, in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now you know why Jesus was saying, keep this quiet. Because if this gets out, people are going to come running from everywhere, and I'm going to be totally overwhelmed. Now in Luke 5, same story but I'm going to read it three times. Because that number three has got something to it. Number three and number seven. I'm not reading this seven times because it's only in the Bible three. Three different places. And uh, it's Luke 5, verses 12 through 16. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Notice that? He was full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou 
can, it's canst. Remember, he's talking to second person. Jesus is the second person right here. Thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Every, all three of these, it says those things. There are certain things it says in every one, but there's different things in each one as well. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. That's in every one. Immediately. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So Jesus had to, he had to get away from all that commotion and chaos, and he went away and he prayed. Jesus did that. Now, let's start, let's start breaking this down a little bit. Now, this remember, leprosy was a horrible condition to have. And he was full of leprosy. So this person who came to Jesus, there's seven different things that I listed here. Leprosy, when it very first starts, it's, it has a small beginning, like most diseases. Most cancers and things that might affect your body, it starts in a little tiny spot, and it starts to grow. Now, that little tiny sin that you did, you don't think, ah, it's just a little tiny sin. But once, like David said in that psalm, he came into the world a sinner. So we've already got the disease attached to us. Now, if we was to die as a little baby, we're not accountable to that sin at that time, but you soon get to the age where you're accountable, and you, even if you weren't born into this world in sin, you are a sinner right away. So you can't blame just you, you, that you came into the world that way, but then you can blame yourself because you're going to be a sinner anyway. And we, we all prove it out very well. All of us do. So it has a small beginning, and then it spreads throughout the body. And I'm talking about leprosy, but I can be talking about sin. It's, it's either or. So when I'm talking about leprosy, but you can apply it to sin in your body. You know the principle of uh, sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow, right? Okay. Sow a thought, reap a word. Sow a word, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Leprosy renders the victim unclean, especially in Israel. If you were unclean by being a leper, you takes you to number four, it separates the victim from his fellow man. You're not allowed to come into this building. You had to go to a place that was set aside for lepers. Now, your family is missing you dearly. You, you can't be in, in your own house. Now, that wasn't the same for people outside of Israel. Remember the story of Naaman. Naaman, uh, in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, I've been mentioning that here recently. One of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. 
I love that story. It's a great story to, to have in your heart that you can tell people about that shows Naaman as this person who needed God. He needed a, a miraculous healing because he had leprosy. But he was able to stay with his family. But in Israel, no way. You couldn't do that. And, and you, could, you, you got hungry, your family could bring food, and they would have to set it down on this hill right here and then retreat. And then you, after they get a certain ways back, then you can come down and get your food. And then you could wave and blow kisses and say, I wish I could hug you. And then you eat and run away. That's what it was like. So you don't understand, but sin does that. It makes you unclean, and it separates you from the people that love you the most. Sin in your life and being a sinner is going to separate you. And one day, if you stay in that condition, you will be greatly separated from each other. It puts everybody on the same level. It, it, you take a bunch of lepers. It doesn't matter if you're a prince or a pauper, you know, a commoner or a royalty. It doesn't matter if you have leprosy. You're, you, you just brought you down to the same level. Same thing with sin. We've all been infected by sin, and it don't matter how good of a person you are or how much money you make or how terrible of a person you are or how little money you make. We're all on the same level. We're all hell-bound if we're stuck in that situation of being infected with sin and it never gets dealt with. We're all on the same level. Your little sin and that person's great sin has put us all on the same level. Leprosy was incurable, just like your sin, whatever you do, all the good things you do to try to counteract the sin in your life, it doesn't erase the sin, it's always there. The sin is always there. No matter how much good you do to try to cover it up, it is incurable except by divine intervention. And lastly, it results in death. Leprosy will eventually kill you after a lifetime of misery. Same thing with sin. It will eventually put you in a death that will always be there for eternity. Leprosy and sin will do the same thing. Now, notice this man who has leprosy. He obviously has heard about Jesus because he's not just wandering around with leprosy waiting to die. He has heard. What does the Word of God do for you? It enlightens your soul. And he had been enlightened to where this man, Jesus, is here, and I need to go see him. And we all are pointing people to Jesus and say, you have been infected with sin and you need Jesus because he's the only one that can heal you of it. Go see him. Do we go see him? Do, do people go like this man does? He turns and he goes and he finds Jesus and he says, he walks up and he's, he, remember, he besought him. He's beseeching him, which means he is earnestly going after him. We need to be that way. And look at how humble he was when he gets to Jesus. He bows down. He kneels down. He worships him. And, he, and, and also notice that he's got a confidence, not in himself, but he's got a confidence in Jesus. Because he didn't say, 
are you able to heal me? Can you heal me? No, every single time in all three of these places it said, if thou will, you can heal me. That's pretty good. He, we should have that kind of confidence in Jesus. I don't deserve it. If thou will, I know you can. Would you have mercy on me? Now, how about the cure? The marvelous cure. You couldn't even get within a certain distance of a leper. Jesus walked over and touched him. He's like, no, no, don't, don't do it. Don't touch him. Jesus didn't care. He walked right over and laid his hand on him and did what would cause him to be labeled unclean. So Jesus took on that leprosy. He, he allowed it to get on him like he's allowed our sin, our sin to be placed on him. And that touch, and then Jesus said something to him. He said, I will. When we humbly go to Jesus in our sinful state and we ask in humility and confidence in Him and no confidence in ourselves, He will say, I will, and then He will say, be thou clean. And you will be perfectly clean from any sin that you have ever done. Did He say that in about a year now, you'll feel the full effects of this? Did, did Jesus say, all right, you're going to start to see it dwindle, and it'll get better and better over time? No. It says immediately your sins are all gone, like God would look at you and look at you as if you had never sinned before. But yet in your diary... You got all the evidence of all the bad things you've done. You are so filthy, dirty from the consequences of your sin. Right? So you got you got it all recorded in your in your diary, your maybe just your mental diary, and then all all of you, uh, the consequences that you're living with is is like your dirty clothes that need to be cleaned, and and you see these things, but in God's eyes, He doesn't see any of it. Because of what Jesus did. Jesus thoroughly cleansed you and washed you. <clears throat> and it was in a moment. The moment you truly believed and asked him, it was done. Now think of being told, don't go tell anybody. You are forgiven of your sins. You've been washed as clean as snow, whiter than snow, and then don't tell anybody. He ran out and told the first person he came to. We should be going out with that kind of excitement and telling everybody we know, I know a man who can heal you of this disease that you have that is surely going to take you into death and hell forever. I know a man. Just like Naaman had that little girl that had come from Israel, that they had captured after a battle, and she was put in uh, the hands of his wife for really for protection. Think about how good of a person Naaman was. 
If you go, go back and read that story, and you will see that he was a man of, of integrity and honor, and people looked up to him. He was a mighty man of war, and he, had, he was a good person in that he saw that little girl and how vulnerable she would be, and he said, make sure she comes with us, and, and, and that's going to be my wife's little maid. And that little girl saw what she was placed into in that sense of protection, and she saw how he lived and the pain that he was in and what he was dealing with, and she said, if only he could go back to my hometown and meet Elisha, Elisha would heal him. And, and, and he was such a great person in Syria that the king of Syria said, well, let's get a party together and let's send him. And they sent him, and Naaman shows up with all of his servants, and the, and the king that was in Israel was like, it's impossible. You can't cure leprosy. What, what am I supposed to do? But Elisha heard about the problem, and Elisha said, send him over to my house. And they sent him over to Elisha, and Elisha didn't even come down. He's like, he sent a messenger down. You know, Jesus isn't going to come down from heaven and go visit each one of us in need. He has a servant. You're a servant. We go and tell the people with leprosy or sin that there is Jesus, and he tells you what to do. Just follow his word. Follow his word. We have the answers because we know Jesus. Now, didn't that an awesome story? Awesome story. Now let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and then we'll be done. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth the, thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy, thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dwelt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. See, what God has done for you does not match what you deserved, is what that's saying. For, the, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And we don't know how high heaven is. If we start going out, it's a billion, gazillion, you know, light years, and you still wouldn't get there, right? It's so far. And that's how we can measure his mercy. It's not measurable toward them that fear him. Now listen to this. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. How far is that? 
How far is the east from the west? Now, I think, look at the globe. You, you see this big globe up here, globe of the earth, and you start walking. And I'm, I'm down here, I'm going to walk north. And I walk north, and I walk north, and finally, at some point, I'm going to be walking south. But I start walking east. I'm going to start walking east, and I walk east, and I walk east, but when I get to the other side, I'll be, oh yeah, I'm still going east. And I keep walking east, and, but when I get over here, I'm still walking east. And, and I keep walking east. Well, let's try the other way. Let's go west. All right, so we turn around, we start walking west, and we start walking west, and we get all the way around over to here. It don't matter how many times you go that direction, you will always be going west. But if you're heading east, you will always be going east. So how far is it? It's eternity. And he's removed your sins from you that far? That is amazing. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our, our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his, co his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of, of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now think about what we read today, what we've gone over. We can do nothing of ourselves to cleanse ourselves. You understand that? Make sure you understand that. You can be a better person here on earth, but when this time is up on earth, all those good things you did will not measure up at all, and you will be doomed. Have no confidence whatsoever in what you've done, but be like this man who had leprosy, who went to Jesus and had all the confidence in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for all of your ways that we are to follow. Father, your, your ways are so much higher than our ways. Father, your thoughts are so much better than our thoughts. Father, I pray that each and every one of us will be more able to minister to those who may, may still be lost in their sins. Father, that they would be enlightened in their souls to know that there's someone they could go to that can, that can give them healing, an instant healing, if they would just come. Father, help us as we continue to share your word to those who need to hear it. And Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit will be convicting souls.
And Father, help us. Help us in everything we do. As we leave here this week and go out into this world, whether we're going to school or going to work or you know, anything that we do, Father, that we would, we would not be ashamed of you and we would openly let people know that you are the way and you are the one that saves us from all our sin and from all of our ways that, Father, we just, we just need to have opportunity to share that with those who need to, to need to, that, that need to know you. And Father, just help us to have eyes to see those opportunities when they, when they come, come out. Thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. In Christ's name we pray, amen.